Pages of Pim Better Podcast. Greetings, Voyagers. Welcome to the Voyages of Tim Vetter podcast. This is episode number 170. I'm fresh back from hiking up in the Catskills, and I feel good. I feel refreshed. It was really, really nice to get out into nature. And actually, last night, uh, a couple of us spent the night on a boat. Found a really cool Airbnb up in Catskill, and it's folks with a boat, and they let us sleep on their boat. So that was really nice, and I feel... A little bit better about things. Obviously, there's a lot of work to be done out there, uh, and times are still nuts, but it was nice to sort of recharge for a day. This episode, I'm super excited about. So I'm going to be talking about, well, my guest is going to be talking about uh, Nigerian food. A bit of culture, too, so a bit of Nigerian food and culture, but with a very heavy focus on food. Her name is Iko Uko, and she is a food blogger, essentially. She has an incredible YouTube account, and she's got uh, an Instagram that I'll also have linked in the show notes and a website. And she's a nutrition educator, but also for me, a fantastic educator about Nigerian food and African food, you know, the larger context of African food. I think it's, you know, a cuisine that is largely underrepresented. You know, there's there's household names, I guess, of sorts. Or I'll say it like this: like growing up in America, you have you're pretty familiar with like Chinese food, even though it's a an Americanized version of Chinese food. Um, it's something that's ubiquitous; it's everywhere. But Nigerian food isn't everywhere, and African food isn't everywhere. Maybe if you live in some of the major cities where there are larger immigrant populations, but it's not everywhere. And it's something that even living in New York City, I don't know a whole lot about. I think it's it's greatly underrepresented. So that's why it's so exciting to have her on here today because, first of all, she <laughs> gives me so much knowledge, but also like the the food that she's cooking and talking about looks so incredible and it's really making me excited cannot wait until things open up again so that I can get back out into the world because now Nigeria has to be a place that I go see. These videos too, you know, I mentioned it in the conversation, but I don't know, it's kind of therapeutic. It's very calming. It's very cool. They feel special. uh, And it's nice to sort of unwind after working or to disconnect from some of the chaos to get a bit of education and some entertainment and to, to feel good about something. So uh, this was a really, really cool conversation for me. And you also have to understand like the context of, of Nigeria, where it's located, it's surrounded by other countries on almost all sides, and then it's also coastal on the ocean. And so that's going to mean that there are influences from different places. It's going to mean that the water itself is a source of food. And also within Nigeria itself, there are different indigenous peoples. I mean, this is something I knew a little bit about just through reading some some literature that's come out of Nigeria. But there's diversity in the people that are there that we today call Nigerian. And then, of course, um, there was colonization that happened. There was imperialism. There were you know, some bad forces in the world. There continued to be bad forces in the world. But Nigeria was a, a British colony. English is actually the the primary language that is spoken. It's the official language in Nigeria. So you've got this incredibly unique culture um, with the mashup of some of these things with some really, really incredible looking food. Um, I'm I'm sitting here as I talk to you, scrolling through her Instagram account and just like drooling over this stuff. It looks so good. So uh, I would implore you to further your education by going to the YouTube channel to to watch some of those videos, to check out the website, uh, give the Instagram a follow. The the company or the name is 1Q Food Platter. So it looks like IQ, but it's with the number one. Um, but yeah, as always, you can go and um, find those links directly in the show notes for this episode. I also have a Patreon account, and that is linked in the show notes as well. And that's a subscription-based service where you can give and donate monthly to keep these episodes coming and you get some cool kickbacks. 
just recently sent out shirts. I've got stickers. And then when I'm back out in the world, either a postcard from somewhere or some paraphernalia, if we eventually get enough Patreon supporters, there will be you know some exclusive content just through the Patreon. Okay, yeah, like I said, I've got to get to Nigeria. I would love to follow this up with a part two, do a little video component, because these the colors of these meals are vibrant, they're popping, it looks incredible. Oh man, spicy soups and rice dishes, and it just looks really incredible. So um, further your education by following the, the YouTube and the Instagram, and then do a little digging yourself to find out more about Nigerian food and culture. But for now, folks, enjoy this conversation. First of all, thank you. I know that I'm, I'm calling from the opposite side of the globe, so I appreciate uh, appreciate you getting on the call with me. No problem. You're welcome. All right, so I have to know, before we get into anything, who, who taught you how to cook? <laughs> My mom. Yeah. <laughs> 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 where in Nigeria, uh, where, where did you grow up in Nigeria? Mm, um, look, I grew up in many places in Nigeria. Um, and that's because uh, my father worked with the government and, um, you know, he was transferred from one place to the other. So um, I have grown up in the east. You know, Aba, you know, part of my primary school was in Benin City, which is in the Middle Belt. Uh, we also lived in the north at some point. Uh, but I finished off my primary school in Lagos and um, secondary school in Lagos. Then went to the university in the southeast, which is um, Enugu State. And um, came back to Lagos, and I've lived in Lagos uh, for the for for the, for most of the time. Wow. Okay. So, did your mother's background or the region that your mother grew up in did that influence what she was cooking and what she taught you how to cook? Um. Well, look, eighty percent of what we what she cooked and what we ate in the house was uh, from her own uh, tribe. But because we lived outside of our tribe, so she learned uh, some other foods from friends, from neighbors where we lived. So, uh, yeah, it, it, we, I was fortunate to pick up um, dishes from other parts of Nigeria, even though I'm not originally from those parts, and that's because we lived there. Ah, uh, I see. I see. So... At any point, were you a professional cook or a chef in a restaurant, or was this more of a, a passion and a hobby? Um, my background is uh, nutrition and dietetics. That's what I studied in school. Um, and as part of the program, you, you had to do like a six-month attachment in a hotel uh, so I picked up some bits of cooking from a hotel, but, um, you know, my mom is from that part of Nigeria where uh, they're noted for their culinary, you know, prowess. So uh. it was natural that, you know, um, I picked this up, you know, in, in Nigeria, there's this thing about um, ethic women, ethic is E-F-I-K. So any woman from that part of Nigeria is noted for, you know, cooking and her culinary prowess. So as the first daughter of my mom, I, I don't think I had a choice but to know how to cook. <laughs> ah, okay. Interesting. You know, there, obviously, New York City has an incredibly diverse culture. And mm -hmm. there are some restaurants that have like West African food or sort of a, an Afro-Caribbean fusion, but mm -hmm. specifically Nigerian. I, I don't know of any places that are specifically just cooking Nigerian food. Mm -hmm. when, when we're using a label like Nigerian food, 
how far back do the traditions and the recipes and, and the food culture, how far back does it go? Um, look, not much has changed, you know, uh, with Nigerian food. I, I, I think um, maybe in the past, should I say seven years, you know, with the advent of food bloggers, we start to see some evolution uh, we're seeing some bits of, um, should I say, modernization of uh, Nigerian food, uh, where chefs, I mean, trained chefs, are trying to use Nigerian food in some fine dining. I mean, there's a place in London called Ikoi London, and Ikoi London tries to infuse Nigerian uh, ingredients into their, you know, um, recipes. Um, but, I mean, we're seeing quite a lot of evolution going on. But trust me, 95% of the time, Nigerians want to have their jollof rice. Yeah. And they want to have a goosey soup and pounded yam. You know, so the, the food is quite, should I say, basic for now. However, these soups themselves, are quite complex in terms of flavors, in terms of textures. Um, if somebody asks me, what is characteristic of Nigerian food? And I say, spicy. Yeah. <laughs> Nigerian food is hot, you know. You have to be able to tolerate the pepper. Uh, sometimes a bit oily. Uh, but um, in terms of complexity like that, you would have um, what is called pounded yam, which is like a mash. And, you know, a sauce, which we call soup. Yeah. And, you know, I'll get to some more um, specific dishes in, in a little bit. But I was curious about pounded yam because, you know, all cultures have their their starch, right? So, like, there's a lot of uh, cultures that are rice-based cultures. Um, how common is pounded yam? And is that sort of like... I know that there's jollof rice, but is that sort of the rice of Nigeria, the <laughs> thing that most people eat? Um, you know, th there's a general term for the type of um, what we call, there's a general term of uh, something we call swallow. And swallow is like a mash. So it's either it is pounded yam, you have what is called eba. Eba is made from cassava. Um, it's, it's sort of a mash, or you, you hear eba, or you hear gari. You hear semovita. You hear tuoshinkafa, which is made from rice. You have something made from maize, which is called tuomasara. So all of that is categorized as swallows. Uh -huh. And these swallows are eaten with the soup. So, yes, pounded yam is maybe commonly eaten, but then you start to have regional differences because for the north, for instance, they eat a lot more cereals. In the south, they eat a lot more uh, tubers. Mm. All of them starches, but, you know, cereal, uh, you know, um, swallow and tuber swallow. Uh, but pounded yam generally, but um, more in the south, actually. How, how much work goes into that because I've seen the final product of a pound of pounded yam, which doesn't look like yams. It looks very labor intensive. Um, look, the steps of making pounded yam, you know, and I'm going to get into the evolution of pounded yam itself. Oh, great. Pounded yam is, um, you know, this tuba is a big tuba. So you cut the piece that you want, peel the outer skin. Then you cut into little cubes, boil no no salt, nothing. You just boil it until it is cooked. I mean, just like you cook potatoes. Mm. And then you take it out into a mortar and start to pound. You heat it. You heat it, uh, making sure that you don't have um, uh, yam lumps in it. It has to be smooth. So it's pounded until you have this slightly viscous, you know, uh, um, texture. Mm. And that's pounded yam. Now, um, my daughter, for instance, would, would never dream of doing that. <laughs> so there is a product. <laughs> there's a product now called Poundo Yam. And what that is, is, I mean, this is something manufactured. You have a yam 
that has been made into like a flour. So all you do is you add water, put it, make a paste, put it on the fire and stir it. And then you have something quite, you know, the same really as pounding in a mortar. But some men will tell you that they can tell the difference between the mortar pounded and the <laughs> pot, you know, stirred version. Um, well, look, blindfolded, I don't think they can tell the difference. But, you know, I think the men just like, you know, somebody's sweating in the mortar and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, I'll, I'll take a second maybe uh, just to thank you again. You know, you're the, the first person I've had on the podcast who is representing Nigeria. And that, mm-hmm. is, that is very exciting for me. Um, and this is, <laughs> this is a real education for me because um, I'm sad to say that I, I know very little about Nigerian cuisine and culture uh, outside of mm-hmm. what I know through reading literature, actually. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, it's... It's a difficult time right now. Uh, in New York, we've been under quarantine for quite some time, obviously with coronavirus. And now uh, there's a lot of social unrest. And, you know, the mm-hmm. police brutality uh, is really coming to light now. And, you know, the oppression of African-American mm-hmm. people is coming to light. And it's a, it's a troubling time. And, you know, I'm quite fortunate and privileged to not be you know, directly affected by a lot of these things. But mm-hmm. I, I found through, you know, we we find ways to find little moments of peace and happiness throughout the day. And mm-hmm. I, I really, mm-hmm. really love your channel. Um, and there's a really, you know, sweet sort of segment or, or, or video where you have your daughter on and you're cooking together. Uh, and I thought that was a really wonderful mm-hmm. thing. And you just mentioned your daughter. <laughs> I'm wondering if uh, if any of these traditions are maybe going away and if there's like an effort to preserve some of these cooking and food traditions within Nigeria. Uh, um, I, I, think, I think it's to do with lifestyle. You know, I mean, let's face it, um, you know, if I take the, the, the case of the pounded yam, for instance, um, for, for that lady living in, a, in an apartment, you know, you don't want to be going pounding and then there's, your neighbor is living downstairs. Yeah. You, know, <laughs> you know, you'll be disturbing the neighbor. So I think these are the things that are gradually taking the tradition away. Mm. Um, and I guess, you know, some smart entrepreneurs had seen that um, yeah, people are not, no longer living in the villages. Uh, some people can't afford a whole house to themselves. And indeed, many people can. So let's make something. They still want their pounded yam, but how can we make it easier for them? Um, something I have found with Nigerians, incidentally, I'm writing my cookbook now, oh, is cool. that when a Nigerian leaves Nigeria and flies to Ghana, which is just 45 minutes away, the first thing they're doing is they're looking for a Nigerian restaurant. Mm. I mean, you know, it's crazy because, I mean, you would have thought that flying to Ghana, you want to explore Ghana, you want to eat the food of Ghana. But no, <laughs> my Nigerian would look for a Nigerian restaurant first. Um, yeah, you know, so, um, but let me say it's gradually changing. I mean, my daughter, for instance, all my kids, um, you know, had their university education in Canada. And so they're getting exposed themselves um, to foods from other cultures. Um, I am also, yes, of course, because I'm a food blogger now, I get even a lot more interested about foods from other cultures. Uh, But what happens is that, look, when I visit Canada, for instance, my children want me to prepare Nigerian food. (laughs) There's something about it, I guess, that reminds them of home, some nostalgia. So, um, yes, as much as, yeah, they they, they are exposed to, you know, Canadian foods, you know, I don't know if Canadians really have foods, but okay, (laughs) Canadian (laughs) foods. But they also want 
the Nigerian flavor. You know, I don't know, maybe it's that some fermentation mm. because we have a lot of that smoked fish, uh, fermented seasoning. You know, there's something, that, there's that flavor which I, I believe uh, they, they want. So whilst they want, they, they want to try out other dishes, but they still want to come back home. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. I guess, you know, I know that Nigeria has a, um, a huge population, um, which would, you know, mm-hmm. make me also think that probably there's a lot of people coming and going. Is Canada a place that a lot of Nigerians have immigrated to? Are there, are there other places where there are large Nigerian communities outside of Nigeria? Oh, yes. I mean, I mean, in the U.S., I mean, oh, my goodness, there's so many Nigerians there. Hmm. Um, I hear there are a lot of them in Houston. I hear there are a lot of them in Maryland, um, ah. Texas. I, I know that Nigerians are there. Of course, the U.K. has a huge population of Nigerians. I mean, it's just six hours away from, from, from Lagos. Yeah, so um, then, of course, there's been quite a bit of influx into uh, Canada, so that um, now you have a lot of African stores in these places catering to the, you know, food needs of uh, Nigerians and you know Ghanaians as well, you know. So that, that that's happening. So one is now seeing that you know people are now bringing back to Nigeria some of those influences, and this is what is I'm 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 seeing in the evolution of um, Nigerian food. Wow. You know, you mentioned jollof rice and that's, that's honestly like the, mm-hmm. the one uh, Nigerian meal that I knew about. Um, but for, for people who don't know, <laughs> can you explain what that is? And then I, I think it's eaten for celebrations maybe. Like when would you be having this? Um, well, look, jollof rice used to be something we had on special occasions. On Saturday, on Sundays, but these days, I mean, you could have jollof rice anytime. Uh, but there, you know, you have this one that is called party jollof rice. It's something you only you eat at parties, but okay, we've learned to cook it at home. And you know, I'll come to the party jollof rice. You know, so what is jollof rice basically? Is um, tom- rice cooked in tomato, chili, onion sauce. You know. So what do you do? You get your fresh tomatoes, uh, scott bonnet pepper, onion, blend that, fry, and then you fry this with tomato paste, tomato puree, because you want that redness uh, of color. And then you add your um, herbs like uh, thyme, curry powder, uh, black pepper, white pepper, whatever you want to. And then, of course, there's, you know, for most Nigerian dishes, they're cooked with uh, bouillon cubes. Ah. You add your bouillon cubes and your salt and then add the rice. And then, you know, you, you fry the rice maybe for a few minutes just for it to, the raw rice to absorb some of the flavor of the tomato, pepper, onion, and the spices. And then you add mist stock or water and cover, lower the heat, cook, and then you then pair it with um, meat of your choice, maybe chicken or beef, fried, um, and then plantain. Ah. We eat a lot of plantain. Uh, Plantain is called dodo, (laughs) D-O-D-O. That's what it's called, ripe plantain. So you could have ripe plantain on the side, or you could have just your street jollof rice. Now, the party jollof rice is one step further, which is that usually the party jollof rice is cooked in um, cast iron pots, you know, when you are having a party, big cooking. And what happens is, because this is cooked with firewood, the rice is bound to burn at the base. Ah, yes. And for some reason, that burnt flavor infusing into the rice is now something that we all love now. So when you go to parties, it is you expect to eat party jollof rice, and it's basically jollof rice with a smoky flavor. That's it. Wow! Yeah, I've had um, 
in Singapore and in Malaysia, uh, there's something called chicken rice. And when it's made in like a cast iron, it has the same thing. The bottom gets hard, black, and crunchy. And it does mm-hmm. take on, mm-hmm. I don't know, like it takes on a different, really rich, delicious flavor. So I guess that's a bit similar. Mm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, is it is it proper to use the term bushmeat? I've seen that when describing Nigerian uh, meats. No, bushmeat is a different thing. Um, okay. Bushmeat is game. Ah, okay. So what type of wild game would there be so, in Nigeria? I mean, yes, it's wild game, but okay, some people have started cultivating them you know, domestically, but, mm. you know, bushmeat is game, you know, it's, um, and it's not, um, if you ask the average young person, it's not something they're interested in eating, by the way. Okay. Um, if you find it, you eat it, but yeah, it's not something they go after. For most people, it is chicken or beef, uh, goat meat, uh, yeah, lamb, or ram, if you know, for the Muslims, they eat a lot of ram. Um, yeah, bush meat. Then, of course, they eat snails. You, you, we eat a lot of snails and um, smoked fish. Uh, smoked fish is something that is very common ah. in Nigeria, which is is smoked in charcoal. So it has that, um, yeah, it has that charcoal uh, smoky flavor to it. But bush meat is is a rarity. Is a treat. You don't eat it every day because you can't even find it. Um, if you're living in the cities, you don't find much of it. You know, you have to search a bit um, to find, you know. So I, I, I don't know. It looks to me like um, eating of bushmeat is gradually disappearing. Um, oh, yeah. You know, you mentioned smoked fish. Obviously, on one part of Nigeria, it's coastal and is on the ocean. But... Mm-hmm. You know, I had seen actually on, on Anthony Bourdain's show, I never realized how mm-hmm. many people lived on the river and lived on like the tributaries and the waterways. I, I would imagine then mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. there's probably a whole unique food culture that comes from, you know, that geographic place of living on the water. Mm-hmm. Yeah, look, um, I, I come from... Where I come from originally, I share, we share a border with Cameroon. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, I come from the riverine area. So from my father's original place, we eat a lot of fish, uh, smoked fish. But a lot of this is also sold. It's transported to a place like Lagos. But, you know, you have um, ocean fish and you have river fish. You would find smoked fish as well in the north. Because you have rivers around. So, mm. you know, when they catch those fishes, it's smoked as well. So um, you could have river fishes from the river smoked, fish from the um, ocean smoked, but they, they taste different, actually. Ah, okay. That makes sense. Mm. Yeah. Mm. There's, there's a couple other uh, meals I was really curious about uh, hearing you talk about. One of those is called uh, Moi Moi. Can you explain what this is? <laughs> it looks very interesting. Yeah. Yeah, moi moi is made from um, black eye beans. Now, they are, they are, from black eye beans, you have um, different dishes. You have um, beans potage. You have akara. Akara is um, fritters. You fry that one. And then you have moi moi. Now, how do you make moi moi? You soak the beans and remove the, the skin because the skin is what would cause uh, bloating for many people. So you remove the skin and then, you know, blend the beans into a paste. You then add tomato, pepper, blended tomato, pepper, and onion. And then you can have any protein of choice, fish, or um, eggs, um, beef and chicken is hardly used in moi moi. I think it's just because of texture, um, because the, the chicken and beef will come out too hard in it. Because moi moi is soft; it's like a pudding. Ah. So you know when you have done that, when you've mixed everything, then you wrap in leaves. 
or uh, again, you know, for the modern Nigerian cook, you can then put in um, ramekin, you know, uh, yeah, or you then put in aluminum cups and steam for five minutes, and that's it. So you, you know, your moimo you can actually pair with um, jollof rice as well, or there's something that is called ogi, which is fermented corn pap. Wow. So that's what you pair moimo with. Or you eat moimo just like that and have a cup of tea or something. <laughs> I know that there's no, uh, there's no meat, but how it looks, it looks a lot like a, a, a scotch egg. <laughs> okay. D- are you familiar? Which one? The... the, the- it's a, it's essentially like an egg that's almost baked into like a meatball surrounding. Um, yes, all, that's, that's scotch egg. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it also, uh, there's something similar in like Indonesia and Malaysia where they have bakso, but they also make like a giant bakso, which is like a giant meatball with a hard boiled mm-hmm. egg in the middle. Just physically, it kind of looked like that mm-hmm. and reminded me of that. I wasn't sure if there was any sort of cross-cultural influence there. There could be. I don't know. <laughs> no, I think, no, scotch, scotch eggs we took from the British. Mm. Uh, you, you know that Nigeria was a British colony, yeah. so we took scotch egg from, from the British, yes. Ah, okay, okay. There was <laughs> another one I have here in my notes. I think if I'm saying this correctly, it is Gari. Could you explain what gari is? Gari, yes. Gari is, is made from cassava. Um, now, the, the cassava is, um, you know, is a tuber. So when the cassava is harvested, it is peeled and grated. Mm. When you grate the cassava, then it is then left to ferment, you know, maybe for a day or two. Uh, and that's because, you know, this is the traditional way it's been done, which has proven very uh, good for the human body because cassava contains cyanide, which is poisonous. Yes. So with the fermentation, it reduces cyanide in the cassava. So once that is done, the, the water is squeezed out of, you know, that uh, grated cassava. So it's like um, a slurry. And then it is dry fried. Mm. So you get something like grits, you know, cassava grits. Now, the grits is dry and it's sold everywhere. So gari, you can make into what is called eba. And you use hot water to mix it. So you get the same form, like a pounded yam. Wow. And this, I've read what that called like, eba. I've read this is one of the <laughs> most um, most common food items in people's houses. I guess. You say? Come I, again. I, I've read that the the gari is like one of the most common foods that people have. Is that is that true? Or did I read? Yes. That? Okay. <laughs> yes. Be, yes. Because first of all, it is cheaper than pounded yam. Ah. Uh, but also easier to make because once you buy your dry gari from the market uh, to prepare at home, you just boil water, add hot water to it and stir it. And then you have this mash or mash, you know, which is a swallow as well. So commonly eaten, but you can actually, the gari, the dry gari, just put cold water, some sugar and some groundnut on it. And it is fantastic. You know, it's something that is common uh, amongst people if you want to have a light meal, I guess, you know. So you, you just put um, cold water in the gary, put some ice cubes if you have, uh, put some ground nuts, and then just cook it and, yeah, drink it like you're drinking a cereal, something like that, cereal ah, and milk. <laughs> wow. How, how much of... Um you know, in cities, how much is of a street food culture is there in, in street vendors? Is that quite popular? Plenty, plenty. I mean, it's, um, you know, I, you know I, I see a situation where maybe one of these findings, Nigerians will not be cooking anymore. 
Um, wow. Yeah, you know, a lot of street food going on. Um, yeah, and even meals. You you could find rice and stew being served in the street corner. Um, you have this puff puff. Puff puff is common. Roasted plantain on the street. Uh, roasted corn when corn is in season on the street. Um, yeah, so a lot of street food going on. And it's, it's um, depending on the city, it's not the same thing all through. I mean, uh, different cities have different types of uh, street food. If you go to the north, and in many big cities like Lagos, you find suya, the grilled meat. Ah. But that's, that's, in, that's in the evenings. You know, you could buy suya in the evenings. Oh, yeah, there, there are lots of street food, yes, absolutely. I've seen um, maybe for working people, uh, a popular item is called akara. Yes, akara. You know, I told you akara is made from beans as well. Ah. So I said from the black eye beans, you ha- you can make a beans pottage. You can make akara, and you can make moi moi. It's the same beans that you use. So the akara is the beans fritters. You fry it instead of steaming like you do for moi moi. Ah, now you said maybe people really won't be cooking that much in the future. If, <laughs> I guess if you're thinking of a city like Lagos, is that because, you know, it's a university center and a tech center and um, it's really like one of the growing financial centers in the world? Is, is that because people are so so busy that it's just more convenient to be, you know, buying food on the street? Absolutely. Look, um, I, I, I think... Um the tech people, the yeah, all those who you mentioned, there is a small percentage. A lot of people are trading. You know, it's, um, it's more at the lower level. But what happens is they leave home very early uh, because of traffic congestion, go to the markets where they sell or wherever they're, you know, carrying out their uh, economic activity. And it takes quite a lot of time, you know, to drive back home or mm. to take a bus back home. So most of their lives is being lived outside of their houses. So, uh, yeah, for sure, you know, they, they have to eat their breakfast, lunch and dinner outside and go home and sleep. How much of an influence then are there? I don't know if you want to say like Western businesses or like multinational type of places like a McDonald's or fast food. Is, is there a growing influence of that in Nigeria? Uh, there, you know, they started coming in, um, but, you know, I, I don't know, because of um, maybe the economic downturn, there's been a slowing down. Um, KFC came in at some point. Um, yeah, but we don't have McDonald's yet in Nigeria. Um I don't know, maybe the security situation also has not helped. But um, you have a lot of local fast food chains, a lot, a lot of local fast food really? chains. So, um, you know, Nigerians have access to that. So I don't know, a, a McDonald's coming in, yeah, but, you know, um, suddenly we find out that while Nigerians still want McDonald's, they also want choices in those fast food chains that have Nigerian foods. It, it's, it's amazing. I mean, um, they still want a bit of both, yeah. Ah, wow. No, I want to I bring it back for a moment to your channel. Um, I'm really curious about how that got started. Were you doing, were you working a different career or like, is this something that generates money for you? Like, how did you decide, hey, I think I would be pretty good at doing this on YouTube? <laughs> no, look, um, I was working for Nestle. Ah. Yes, I was working for Nestle and I worked for Nestle for about 30 years, or 34 years, actually. Wow. Um, so I retired from Nestle and just before I retired, um, well, okay, look, having worked for a food company, but, and also a nutritionist dietitian myself, I thought, um, yeah, I could just start to do a bit of food blogging. I didn't know this was how it was going to pan out. 
Uh, yeah, but I also thought to myself, I needed to be doing something in, in retirement and what could that be? Uh, so I needed something and, uh, you know, I had to work from home and all of that. Uh, but I have an office outside of home as well. So that's how the whole thing started. And, um, yeah, you know, I learned, I mean, my, my children taught me quite a bit, you know, the social media side of the business. And um, food photography, because my son is a photographer, he's in Canada. And so I learned uh, photography from him. And so that's, that's how the journey has been. I mean, the rest is passion, actually. I mean, passion in, in cooking. But more importantly for me is that, um, you know, I want to subtly continue to educate um, Nigerians and all my followers about the healthy side you know, how to use food to manage their health, yes. Yeah, and it, maybe I'm incorrect, but it looks to me like most of the the dishes that we're even discussing are pretty healthy. We're talking about, you know, a lot of plants, uh, clean uh, protein sources. We're not talking about like, you know, cakes and cookies being like a very Nigerian <laughs> thing. Um, I mean, is, is that, uh, am I incorrect in that? Is it fair to say that Nigerian cooking is fairly healthy? Um, you know, the ingredients are. <laughs> ah, but, okay. the, the, yeah. but what we do with the ingredients is a different thing. Uh, I mean, for instance, you know, I find sometimes too much oil. Um, too much use of oil, the quantity of oil used could be reduced, and the portion size of the of the eba or pounded yam could be managed uh, because that's that's where the problem you know comes. And then the portion size itself, I mean, you could you you know you could have a little piece of moimo or you could have you know two bowls full of moimo. So those are the kind of things that we try to educate uh. on. But as for um, healthy, you know, healthy foods, the foods are healthy. Um, I mean, fortunately, most of the food are actually organic. But the question is, you know, as with food, you can abuse it, you know, if you right. don't know what you're doing with it. Is there a lot of, um, a lot of palm oil used in, in cooking in Nigeria? Oh, yes, absolutely. I mean, after, after pepper, that's chili pepper, then palm oil is the next thing. If you, if you enter a woman's kitchen, you know, palm oil is standard. You know, pepper, palm oil, salt, those three things you'll find in her kitchen. Ah, you know, I heard you, I heard you mention a, a woman's kitchen. I hear you mention, uh, you know, your daughter, and you were mentioning earlier that uh, some men can say that they can taste the difference in the way that the pounded yam is made. Uh, or, <laughs> or, are there men getting involved in Nigerian cooking? Are, are there are there men who are chefs? Is this something that is like uh, you know a longstanding sort of gendered tradition? Um, let me say, trained chefs. You have a lot more men ah. as trained chefs, um, and increasingly, men are getting interested in food and in cooking. Yes, traditionally it used to be a woman's world. But um, with, you know, increased voice on feminism, I think the men are understanding that, you know, the women are saying, yes, guy, you get into the kitchen yourself. I mean, uh, so uh, the barriers are breaking down as to the role just being strictly a woman's, you know, department being the kitchen. I mean, from time to time, my husband gets into the kitchen with me as well. So, but for my generation, that is not common. Um, it's just because I have a passion for cooking and he has a passion for getting me the ingredients sometimes. So, mm. <laughs> so you know, he, he helps out. He helps out in the kitchen. I mean, now that, you know, our kids are grown, so we don't have a choice but to help each other in the kitchen. Wow. You know, I think that, um, well, I'll say this is, Again, super exciting for me because I think in terms of, I don't know, maybe our global conscious and understanding about food, I think that Nigeria is underrepresented, but at the same time mm -hmm. has one of the largest populations in the world. And I, maybe it's fair to say that 
the largest cultural export currently from Nigeria is through literature. Some of the best writers mm-hmm. right now in the world are writing novels with a Nigerian lens, uh, and that's really mm-hmm. exciting. But I, would, I think that mm-hmm. maybe even a lot of Americans who maybe don't have uh, a strong knowledge of the history of the world don't even understand how uh, West African food as a larger uh, region or even mm-hmm. Nigeria itself have greatly influenced cuisine here in America and in the Caribbean and even in Latin and South America. And so that's why, you know, in my very small way, it's very exciting to, to get to do this with you and to share this with people. Oh, good. Fantastic. I, I'm curious, is there, are there any aspects of the food or any specific meals we haven't mentioned that like people need to know about uh, and need to go out and try? Oh, well, I look, it's, um, ah, you know, if, if I start to mention, because I mean, I, you know, you're following my Instagram page, yeah. so you see what goes on there. I have hardly cracked the surface. Um, you know, there, there's so many dishes from the North I, I would want to feature, uh, but I want to go to the North again. Um, I know those dishes, but I just want to sit with the women again and cook them. So, um, yeah, you know, some of the, sometimes the challenge with, um, even knowing the food is the ingredients because some of the ingredients are localized mm. and therefore sharing the, the dishes, the question is, how do you get the ingredients? Um, but I know that now something like okra soup, you know, okra lady's finger. Yeah. Yeah. You can find okra in a lot of uh, Chinese stores, you know, so that's easy. So okra soup is something that is easy to prepare. And many Nigerians eat that. Um, plantain, I talked about dodo, the sweet one, the ripe plantain. That's also something that is easy to find. Um, what else can I say? There's so many. Yeah. There's so many, so many. Then the, the soups, um, something you should, pepper soup. There's something we call pepper soup. I mean, you have to, you have to keep a glass of water and you have to keep, keep a glass of milk <laughs> to manage this. <laughs> but it's something that is, um, is interesting, um, but it's hot, 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 you know. What kind of pepper? Scotch bonnet pepper. Ah. Habanero pepper. Habanero, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's fire. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, fire. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, you know, pepper soup is something that um, you have to try. You know, at least once in your life, you have to try it. But for some of us, it's, 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 it's normal, you know. Um, yeah, there's so many things. Like I said, for my um, Instagram, you know, I try as much as possible to, for now, stay with the classics, uh, Nigerian classics, because for me, I also feel that Yes, whilst the younger chefs are going for the fusions and things like that, I'm saying that for somebody like you, Tim, wanting to understand Nigerian food, you you possibly can't understand it from the fusion point of view. Yeah, you have to know what the classic is, and then we then um, you know evolve onto the you know uh, the the fusion. I mean, I, I think particularly now that you're telling me that Nigerian food is not known. So if we come from the standpoint of fusion, how do we know what it was originally? Yeah, that's an amazing point. And I think honestly, <laughs> like the thing that's been the most valuable for me in understanding obviously culture and food culture is going. So honestly, like my next step mm-hmm. now is going to Nigeria and like experiencing this stuff firsthand. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I mean, let's let's um let's pray COVID settles and um Look, absolutely, anytime you want to come to this part of the world, you have somebody here, no problem. Oh, well, thank you. That's very kind. That's amazing. Um, my, my, house, my house is open. <laughs> um, you know, we have, we have um, three empty rooms, so wow. you won't have a problem. <laughs> so maybe, maybe we'll, do, uh, we'll do part two, <laughs> part two of this conversation yeah, in person. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Yes, I know. I think I think we have to because um, there's 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 so much there's so much that we can talk about, um, and I don't think we have actually scratched the surface. 
you know, yet on, on Nigerian food. I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> well, what I'll do is um, everyone listening will know that they can go to the show notes. I'll have a link to your Instagram and a link to the YouTube. Okay. So everyone can further yeah. further their education that way until we can all start mm-hmm. to, to travel again. Um, but yeah, yeah. F- for now, I'll, again, I'll say thank you. This was really incredible. It's, it's great to know you. And it, honestly, it's a, it's a real true honor to have you on and to thank you for not making me feel too dumb. Like I'm very <laughs> a novice when it comes to Nigerian no. food. So um, yeah, not a problem. I, I, you know, look, if you, if you also want to chat with my daughter, uh, because she's afro Lem. Mm. Um, you can check out her Instagram page. I mean, she's coming from a different perspective, right. um, a younger person's perspective. And like I said, her influence from Canada um, is also, you know, changing things a bit for her. While she likes to eat my food, but she wants to cook a different thing, which appeals to a younger audience. Yeah, so... Anytime, you know, I could I could link you uh, up with her. Ah, I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Yeah. Hey, Voyagers, that is a wrap on episode number 170 of the Voyages of Tim Vetter podcast. I want to say thank you to Eco because this was really, really cool for me. I don't know. It's amazing. Like maybe it seems like simple technology, but it's so cool that, you know, I'm here in my, in my apartment in Brooklyn and I get to have somebody who's in Nigeria right now, sort of in the room with me talking about food and culture. I think that's just really cool and exciting. I learned a lot. I'm very hungry. (laughs) Uh, Can't wait to do, uh, do this again someday in the future with a part two. So for now, please again, go to the show notes give the Instagram a follow, give her YouTube some watches, give that one a follow, subscribe, and learn a bit about Nigerian food and culture. Okay, folks, lots of cool stuff coming. I'm actually in just a little bit here recording a second episode from today. So stay tuned and you'll get some cool new content. All right, thank you. As always, everyone, please take care of each other. I will catch you soon. Bye-bye.